I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, Please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. Today we got Josh Finn with us. He's the CEO of Economic Development in Henry County, Georgia, one of Georgia's fast-growing areas up there. So we might talk a little economic development today, but uh, we're going to do an NFL preview. Josh reached out to me. He and I both are season ticket holders to NFL. Now, our teams hate each other, and we hate each other two days of the year, sometimes three if we had to play in the playoffs. <laughs> the Saints and the Falcons. So he said, hey, don't give all your attention to the college. Let's do an NFL preview. So even though the season's two weeks old, they've added a week. This year you play 17 games. So, you know, might as well jump in and do a preview now. So, uh, Josh, other than being a Falcons fan, we welcome you to our show. <laughs> well, Chad, it's good to be back. I know it's been a while since I've been on. And I know a lot of folks last time I was on was talking about kind of our banner on Falcons ain't. And so it's good to be talking about a little distraction from the grind of economic development for the week. That's right. So we'll do like two minutes of economic development, then we'll all do football. And by the way, I'm not sure that Josh's or my team either one's any good, but we'll get to that in a minute. But real quick, Josh, this new show we do, we're going to have to rename our section on new announcements to the Josh Finn section. And it's interesting how far that goes. Yesterday, a community in Ohio that we've never dealt with sent us a thing about how much they enjoyed hearing where all the projects were going. They said Brandon's section was their favorite segment, which kind of hurt my feelings instead of mine, but we'll let it be. You know, that's what they said. But anyhow, I think we're going to have to rename it the Josh Finn segment because every time we come on there, we got projects for y'all. So just talk about couple of projects y'all have announced recently and then we'll get into the nfl yeah thanks chad and you know i always appreciate y'all doing that as well too and it's good to hear you know our neighbors and friends across the country and seeing what's going on it's kind of tough to track everything that's out there but good seeing economic development growth across the u.s and y'all definitely help get the word out and you know inspire us to keep doing more we've been very lucky in henry county last year was a record-breaking year for us in our 60-year history we're well positioned. We're very lucky to be on the I-75 corridor, just 20 miles south of downtown Atlanta and Hartsville-Jackson International Airport. 
and we're also the closest metro submarket to the port of Savannah, the nation's fourth largest port and fastest growing still. You know, some recent announcements that we just had last year, we announced Purple Innovation. They're the maker of the Purple Mattress. It's a very popular product these days. They loved us so much. They uh, came back to us this year and said, we're going to double our production and prop up a new customer care center in McDonough. So we're very excited about that. We just had the CEO down for the Ribbon Cup for phase one. So now if you're east of the Mississippi River in Texas, you order something from Purple, it's going to be a made in Georgia product. So we're very excited with that one. We just had Feed Electric as well. Just recently uh, prop up a new East Coast supply chain center in uh, Henry County. They've been predominantly on the West Coast, but we've been a benefactor of the uh, backups and delays in the California ports of LA and Long Beach, as all the South Atlantic markets have when folks reposition their supply chain. But they sell a lot of product through uh, Home Depot, one of Home Depot's major hubs here in Henry County. Uh, So we're still uh, growing and moving with that and done some medical office buildings to help spur some of that. We got a few other announcements that are coming. So let Brandon know that we're going to keep them busy. You know, Henry County is doing well. We got a second NASCAR race back at Atlanta Motor Speedway. It's been a big benefit and uh, boosted our economy. And Shaquille O'Neal joined our sheriff's department this year. So a lot of folks don't know. He's a resident of Henry County and invests his time. And, you know, we're always appreciative of that. And we're glad to have Shaq as part of Team Henry as well. So a lot of things happening in Henry County and more exciting news to come. But we've been very lucky through this cycle. All right, well, let's get into the NFL preview. And so I thought we might save Saints-Falcons for the end, but we might as well do it at the start. So why don't we look at the NFC South? You guys are 0-2. You played Tampa Bay pretty well Sunday, but it kind of fell apart. In the middle of the third quarter and Tom Brady, that's all I'm going to say because I suffered in person, and that's a legendary story of that, of heartache and heartbreak. You know, I was getting excited because it was 28-10, and we got within three, and our gift that keeps on giving of Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov came through with our poor draft picks of offensive linemen that we've had the last few years, minus Lindstrom and Matthews. So it caught up to us. But, you know, everyone's hating on Ryan. But I tell people, name me a quarterback that can win with that offensive line. He's one of the top ten passers in the league. He just eclipsed Drew Brees for the most passing yards in the first 14 seasons. He now holds that record more than Peyton Manning and you know all those other guys. So if we get our line fixed, we'll be contending here soon. We got some things to correct, but yeah, you know, we're still through the quinning, if you will. And as we get into the NFC East, I'll explain a little more what that is for our friends in Texas and those are Dallas fans. What you can expect if you're not experiencing it already. <laughs> Josh went to the Super Bowl when the Falcons had the was it twenty eight to three? The twenty eight. Yeah, and it was the day before my birthday. And the day after was a very long, long drive. Well, so uh, I got that bragging right over Josh because I went and watched the Saints win the Super Bowl today before my birthday. My yep. birthday is February the 8th, and when we won it, it was February the 7th. That was in Miami, so that was a long drive. I can't imagine how mad I'd have been if we'd have blowed it. <laughs> I mean, that had to be a long It's time. not fun, and I'm not going to name names, but this is the beauty of friends and network across the southeast here that Chad and I have, but there were some texts and – even from some Aints fans, pull over. I'll buy a cup of coffee or I'll have an airplane bottle for you if you're not driving, which I want to thank you. So on um, that drive back. So um, it was, you know, it's something for the storybooks, but it's, you know, glad I got the opportunity. Hopefully the opportunity will come again one day. But 
Yeah, we're in a rebuilding year. Our owner doesn't want to admit it. He's a Jerry Jones, you know, starting to act like Jerry Jones, and that really concerns me about our birds. But, you know, it goes back, Chad, to one thing for us about dirty birds. It used to be 2-14, and 14, now we say 2-15. and 15. Just beat Danes, and we'll be okay <laughs> this year. We'll be okay well, next year. And, we, you know, Sean Payton's got a good record against y'all. But, so Josh and I are such fans that – we kept our season tickets when we went far away. Like I had mine when I was as far away as Paducah, which is a 10 hour drive. You had yours when you were all the way down on the coast, didn't you? So you drive up there every Sunday morning. How far away were you when you were down there? About, when I was down, I first got them actually when I was down in Waycross, Georgia. So that was about a good four and a half, five hour haul. And then uh, when I was in Bryan County, Georgia is about anywhere between three and a half to four hours. So you're probably closer to the Jaguars. I was, and it was actually um, interesting when they started, you know, they were only an hour and a half from where I went to high school in Wayne County, Georgia. We did a lot of things in Jacksonville for, you know, going to the doctor, going to shop, and either Jacksonville or Savannah if uh, Jessup, Georgia didn't have it. So uh, still a lot of ties and been to a few Jaguars games over the years when Falcons weren't playing that night to get invited and luck it go is a fun experience. And every time Atlanta plays Jacksonville, which they're doing later this year, Unfortunately, it's on Thanksgiving weekend, but uh, we're going to see if we can make it work because it's always a good experience over there at uh, Jacksonville, that stadium. Yeah, well, we, y'all got to play there this year once. Yeah, we played Green but, Bay down there. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, y'all may want to play there more. We uh, might. We looked a lot <laughs> in Carolina, but when I lived in Tennessee and in Kentucky, I was much closer to the Titans yeah. and the Rams when the Rams were in St. Louis and the Bengals. But I still, you know, your team is your team. But I grew up Absolutely. every Sunday after church, we rushed home to watch the Saints. And so I grew up with that. So, well, y'all are 0-2. and We're 1-1. One and one, And we don't play for a while, do we? I know our, our home November game. November is our first game, and then we close the season out. Okay. Which, you know, that's not – I don't like closing the season because half the time when you get there, one of you sitting starters and all, and it's not a typical – I like the early season because you got you know you're trying as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. I think that November game will be a tough one for both of us and competitive. But that January game, I think we'll both be out of it and yeah, seeing so, who we got for next year. So, y'all are 0-2. Let me pull up your – I mean, right now, what would you – like to pull that game? up. And, by the way, for the record, the Falcons owned the overall record against the Aints. By a few uh, games, so just a friendly reminder there. Well, that's true. But Y'all may have a Super Bowl, but that's What's the record in the last 10 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to see out of the Falcon? I mean, do you want them to lose all their games so they can get a number one pick, or do you want to see them try? I mean, what is success for you this season? I want to see progress. I think Smith's a good coach. We got Fontenot from the Aints. I still can't call them the Saints. I'm sorry. You can call us Yardbirds, whatever y'all call us down there, but I think he's come from right system. I always respect what you know New Orleans management has done over the last two decades. And uh, Loomis, that's y'all's GM, right? Yeah, Mickey Loomis. Yeah. yeah. Even though he, he helps the team, I hate the most. I respect what he has done, and I think the program is going to take a little time to build just because of Dan Quinn and the Mitchells. You know, just poor management of the roster over the years. So uh, it's going to take a year or two, but I'm seeing things that give me hope for down the road. And yeah, but that's the beauty about the NFL. Over college, I know, you know, a lot of folks like, you know, college is fun and whatnot, but you have different teams in the playoffs every year, you know, and it's all about you're giving the cap, you're giving your draft picks and how you manage it and execute it. That's the beauty of it. It's the best of the best. And that's why I enjoy it most. And I'm rare as a Southerner being more of a pro guy, but I went to Division III college, so we didn't get football until 15 years ago. Yeah, well, and as good as the college playoff is, until they expand it, I mean, basically every year you're having – 
a combination of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Same teams every year. I mean, you're right. Half the NFL teams will change that. I mean, and look at the Saints. The first week we beat Green Bay like 40 to 7. We think we're headed to the Super Bowl. And last week we literally can't get a yard on Carolina. I went to the litter box and got destroyed. (laughs) I mean, I was just like, what? You know, but to be fair, I mean, y'all had a lot of coaches out last week. We had coaches yeah, out, but our line couldn't block them at all. And I don't know yeah. if Jameis is being, you know, so Jameis threw for 80 yards, which at Tampa Bay he threw for 500, but also six interceptions. So I don't know yeah. if he's being too careful, or I don't know if our guy, you know, our receivers I don't think are very good. So we got nobody open for him to throw the ball to. But y'all got a defense and a running game that can win we you a lot of games. Well, and that's what Atlanta used to have before yeah. you got Quinn. And, I mean, I remember years ago when you played Atlanta, I mean, y'all had that line and you'd run for 200, even if you lost. I mean, you could get four yards nearly every time. And we had Turner with a line with uh, Todd McClure's from, you know, down there in Louisiana and uh, a few other guys. They just beat you up. And we're trying to get back to that. Arthur Smith ran that in Tennessee and, you know, Tennessee's going to contend, even though they got the uh, worst receiver in the NFL, in my personal opinion, right now. I wouldn't have said that two years ago. I'm glad he left, Julio Jones. I'm glad he's gone, too. I wonder how many games he's going to play for Tennessee friends. I'm just going <laughs> to give you a warning. When he catches the ball on second down, he's going to be out for five plays. Uh, <laughs> now, your old coach, I saw he's at Tampa Bay now as a coordinator or something. I saw him. Dude, in Dallas. Oh, he's at Dallas. No, yeah. no, I'm talking about Mike Smith, the one you no, had no, he's retired. He retired. Oh, okay. Maybe I, I thought him. I saw him or something. Yeah, yeah. Smitty, uh, he was in Jacksonville for a little bit, and I think he was somewhere else for a little bit, but I think he got to a good place and you know, he wrote a book recently, I heard on the radio interview, but I've met him a few times. Just a good dude. I uh, thought he was a better coach, you know, as yeah. far as not wanting to play y'all, I'd rather play you with Quinn than him. I mean, yeah, I think you got the raw deal and Dimitrov, you know, threw him under the bus. Yeah. But a lot of Smith's fault, Smith's bad years because of poor draft picks by Dimitrov. As far as us, I mean, I think we're eight and nine, nine and eight type team. Right now, we got no wide receivers. And until we get Michael Thomas back, looks like they just can't get open. I mean, even the first week when we beat Green Bay as bad as we did, we ran the ball tremendously well. We got some turnovers. If you go look at that box score, Jameis only threw for 130 yards. So, I mean, he's thrown for 210 yards in two weeks of NFL football. Why don't y'all put Taysom in at wide receiver? He can do everything. I'm getting close to putting him wherever. (laughs) 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 I'm getting him and Kamara out there and let one of them run with the ball. So, I don't think we're going far, but we really didn't expect to. Carolina started 2-0. Do you think they can keep this up and give Tampa Bay a run in this division? I think they're the team that's going to punch some people in the mouth this year. I really do. You got Matt Rule. You did a great job at Baylor with that program. Their OC, who I was hoping we'd get a good look at. I think he's the OC at LSU when they won their last title. They've got a good staff, but they also, that defense they drafted last year is starting to show up. You know, Darnold, you know, you play for the Jets. That's like going to the graveyard. You know, so I think they may rehab his career, but they're going to be a contender. I don't think – I know we're going to get into our uh, predictions here in a minute about the conference champs and wild cards and playoffs. I don't have them there yet, but they're going to be a team to playoff contenders are going to take seriously. I think they can beat Tampa at least once. I was really shocked at how well both their lines played the other day compared to watching Carolina teams in the old. And that's kind of what Matt Rule did at Baylor. He went like 0-11 his first year. And then before you know it, he had him in the Cotton Bowl or wherever. So that was kind of what he did there. Well, 
one thing though, before we leave this, I want to know. So I hadn't been to y'all's stadium yet. I'm sure I would have if COVID hadn't hit. But I mean, y'all really hadn't been good since you got that new stadium. Is that to curse or do you like it? Or I mean, what's <laughs> technically that? we made playoffs once? No, I don't like it. I missed the Georgia Dome. I don't like paying the PSL. It's taken away from the home field the way they laid it out. I mean, call me a traditionalist. I think you need to go to a football game and sit. And, you know, Chad, you and I both are fans who sit in the seats. We're not there to go to clubs and right. restaurants and you know yeah that's fun and nice and all that but we're there to enjoy the game and i think whenever arthur blank sells the team whoever's gonna come in is going to make some major changes to that state and get that home field back to it yeah because that um, georgia dome used to be a hard place to play now it was loud as all get out it it was old it was a uh, some says a dump i loved it uh, I also love my parking space was right across from my gate and I could tailgate and then me and my friends could be at our seats in five minutes. Now I've got about an hour haul for breakdown tailgate to get to the gate and all that stuff. But it's a nice stadium. They did a great job. But, you know, I think it was just his trying to keep up with Jerry Jones and Jerry World. And that's how we're becoming. We got us and the Cowboys got the only two owners that stand on the sidelines during the game. It drives a lot of folks in Atlanta crazy. Yeah, that's true. I don't care for that either. He has no expression on his face. He's just standing there <laughs> watching the game. Well, the Superdome caught on fire yesterday, so I don't I know. Uh, I think I texted you and see if Beyonce was having a practice concert or something. You know, yeah, you, yeah, she might have been when the fire went out. out. Yeah, you know, we've yeah. got controversy down here now with Entergy New Orleans, and they were overseeing that Super Bowl halftime when the fire went out. So. <laughs> so, yeah, yesterday, I wasn't here in town yesterday. We got back last night, but the Superdome caught on fire. So a little portion of the roof, I don't think it was serious. But I was at it the only other time I know of it catching on fire. I guess it was my first game. My parents took me like in 91 or 92. I bet if you go back, you can look it up. We was playing the 49ers, and at halftime, they shot off fireworks in the Superdome. And in the old days, the big screen was in the middle of the field. They moved it now mm -hmm. to the end zones. But it was and under it was all this fencing and stuff. And one of those firecrackers got caught under that jumbo trot and was still burning. And some guy walked the catwalk out with some carpet and beat this thing. And the Saints were lining up for like a 50-yard field goal. And the guy dropped the carpet when the carpet caught on fire. And here it came falling down the Superdome <laughs> with the Saints out there about to try a field goal. Finally, one of the referees spots it and caused the field goal off. And it caught the turf on fire. And the Saints ran out with like the Gatorade or whatever. Put the fire <laughs> so, so the only two times I know of, of the Superdome catching on fire, I've got a story to tell about it. So, But I bet you if you Google Superdome catches on fire, Saints 49ers, you'll find that guy. And that was the first time I'd ever been. I was like, I don't know, eight years old. I was like, this is interesting. Does this happen? Made it memorable. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move to the NFC East then. I can tell you want to talk about Dan Quinn and the Cowboys. So right now, three of them are one and one. So that's going to be a race probably. All your Washington, Dallas, and Philadelphia are all one and one. Yeah, and, you know, with uh, Dallas – they're going to build up leads and their defense is going to give them up with soft zone defense and space tackling and Quinn is on quotes and t-shirts, you know, with the quotes on those t-shirts. And <laughs> you know what, as much as I despise the Cowboys, they're on my top five teams. I like to see losing the NFL every week. We obviously know who number one is and the other two are in the NFC South, but the Cowboys are right there with them. And I hate it for Dak because I think he's a great talent and I think it's getting wasted there in Dallas, but, that's just a perfect combination. Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and Dan Quinn for uh, <laughs> seven and um, 
Oh, we're at 17 games now, seven and 10 season. It, uh, it really should have beat Tampa Bay the first night. Dan Quinn struck again. He does. You know, yeah, he that, does. I mean, he had a good personnel group in Seattle and probably beat Gerald to check him. A strong personality, and that got him over the top. I mean, he can coach. I think he's more position coach than a coordinator. Yeah. Well, the Eagles have kind of looked good so far. They made us like a freaking Division II college football team first Sunday. Honestly, I think they're going to win it because I think Hurts is good. They got a D-line. If they can short their back seven and stay healthy, that is a very weak division again. And it irks me because they get all the national TV games. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is one of the worst divisions. I'm like, how many times the New York Giants get national TV games and us poor AFC and NFC South fan bases barely get one national TV game yeah. and we got 10 more wins than they do. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my buildings and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my buildings and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo, and see if this can help your community have more success. And the Giants can't get out of their own way. I mean, they beat the Redskins the other night and jumped off, well, the Washington football team. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jumped off sides. See, that coach at the Giants, Mississippi State, had hired him before we mm-hmm. got Leach. We had hired that guy. I mean, they were literally about to announce it. And then suddenly he got the Giants job. So, I mean, nobody fault him for that, taking an NFL job over Mississippi State. So, I've kind of followed them for that reason. And they seem improved, but they literally just find ways to lose games. They do. I hope they lose, uh, as we're recording this, I hope they lose this Sunday. Who are they playing this week? Y'all playing them? Y'all got them in a few weeks, I think. Okay, yeah, we need a team like that on our schedule. Who are you thinking in the East? Probably Dallas. I think it'll come down to Dallas and Philadelphia, and I think they play this week on Monday Night Football in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, mark these down and see who's who's right. Yeah, let's mark these down. So, yeah, so in the NFC South, I don't think we got to really – I mean, Tampa Bay, I don't think we got to really predict that. In the NFC East, though, I'm going to take Dallas. Sounds like you want to take the Eagles. Is that? I'll take that. All right. We'll keep up with that. And whoever loses, we'll take a picture in the other one's jersey and buy them a bottle of bourbon or something. How about that? Uh, we'll just do it over a drink at, drink at y'all's next event. So, All right. All right. Uh, and, uh, bragging rights. <laughs> That's right. All right. NFC North. Packers have looked terrible. Looked better against Detroit, but they're one and one. The Bears are one and one. Minnesota's zero and two, but missed field goal to beat Arizona. Had a little short field goal and missed it, so they're probably. And then really- the, the overtime loss to Cincinnati, and it's just. Yeah, they could easily be two and zero. Oh. They should be, but I don't they, think Aaron Rodgers is happy in Green Bay. So I think he's that can explode now. at any minute. 
you know, he don't even get along with his parents and brother at all. Like if you've ever read stories, you know, yeah. I don't know who's right or wrong, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that could any minute explode to where he's just like, forget this. <laughs> so I don't I know. Would, and with all that factored in and just seeing what, you know, Minnesota should be the favorite, but I got, give me the bears. That defense and I mean, Fields has got some time to come along, but you know, even Dalton's proven, you know, if healthy and has a steady run game, he can get you to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll take the Packers, but I don't think they're very good. I just don't see a lot of real good teams in that division. So then, NFC West is where it's at. I mean, three of them are two and zero. So Arizona's two and zero. The Rams are two and zero. The Forty ers are two and zero. The Forty ers kind of look like they're back to that Super Bowl year with everybody healthy, and then the Seahawks are one and one. They had a big lead against the Titans Sunday and blew it. Should have yeah. probably won. So, I mean, really and truly, they all probably ought to be. I think this is the best division in football. I agree. You went first last time, so I guess I'm going to take the 49ers. Rams is the popular pick, but I'm going to take the 49ers. Well, I watched them against the Eagles Sunday, and I really thought I had gone back in time a couple of years, too. Now, they almost blew it as well, but they got themselves to a lead, and they reminded me of that team two years ago that went to the Super Bowl. You know, I'm a Falcons fan. I can't with Kyle the Pile Shanahan. I can't do it. It's the most love-hate relationship I probably have in professional sports. I wish he was back with us, but give me the Rams, barely. But there's one sure thing about Kyle the Pile Shanahan. That is he chokes. And with that, you know, Garoppolo and uh, Lance quarterback situation, their defense, everything else says they should be the favorite. But that two-quarterback system I think is going to bite them. I think they pulled the trigger on Lance a little too soon with Garoppolo. So give me the Rams in the West. Do you think Arizona's for real? Yeah, I was going to see if you wanted to parlay it in the wild card picks too. If you got three of them, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, but, probably uh, so. So let's do our NFC I, wild card now. So yeah, there's three. What they basically, I've still not got up with all the new schedules. So they've added yeah, a list, and now you've got an extra wild card pick. Yep. I'm going to take two out of the West. Give me the Cardinals because I think really and truly they're taking that next step up. They made a, they had a great offseason. They're proving it. Give me the Niners. And then I'm going to take the Packers just because Aaron Rodgers wants to get them into the playoffs and just cause havoc for them, at, you know, a little longer. So, And I also, I think, just other divisions were that week. Well, give me uh, the Eagles because I picked the Cowboys to win that division. Mm-hmm. I think that division is so sorry. The Eagles will get a couple easy wins over the Giants. They'll beat yeah. the Dallas once. Give me the Saints. I think we might go like 10 and 7 and squeak in as one of those teams. Because I think the NFC West is going to beat each other up. Yeah. Then I guess probably give me the Rams. I think they're better than the Cardinals. Cardinals choked last. They should have made it last year. And I have yeah. not yet seen out of pretty boy coach, which is his name, Kingsbury. Oh, wow. I think it's yeah. out of hand that he's got what it takes to get him over the line. Yeah, he's got a hell of a view at his house. So I don't know if you remember that draft. I seen that on the draft when the yeah. COVID hit. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. got a nice life. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think he needs a little help. Any coach. <laughs> what was the game last year? And he had like an overtime game where he settled for like a 53 yard field goal instead of trying to get a little closer. I can't remember which one it was. And he's got Kyler Murray. Just let him run a few times. Yeah. Well, then let's go on and pick our uh, – so who do you think could come out of the NFC to the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with the Rams. I think McVay's there, and he's got his defense healthy and fixed up, and that offense just 
what I've seen of him, you know, with Stafford at quarterback. You know, I think Stafford's got something to prove now he's out of Detroit. He's got an opportunity. I think he's going to take full advantage of it. So give me the Rams and the NFC. And obviously the popular pick is Tampa Bay, but that's just too easy. So I'm not going to. Well, I think Tampa's going to get hurt at some point. They're well, too they could, yeah. Their secondary is depleted. I mean, their corner situation is really bad. We beat up one or two of them. Give me the 49ers. And basically, we'll have an NFC West matchup all year. You know, Tampa Bay plays the Rams this week. I think it's a bad time to play them. I'm not sure Tampa Bay. I know they got Tom Brady, but they're going to have a hard time moving. Uh, the let's just both admit we hate the Bucks and we hate Brady. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> we just can't. That's we can't right. bring ourselves to it. That's right. <laughs> all right, let's go over to the AFC then. Basically, the only undefeated teams so far in AFC are both in the West. So there's only two undefeated teams in AFC. AFC, I think, is in the more dominant conference, and they're going to prove it this year. Yeah, and the two you'd never guess. If I had to say before we started who's undefeated, you'd have probably guessed the Chiefs. And it's the Raiders and the Broncos, both of which are in the Chiefs division. So let's start and, in the West. Yeah, and that was the toughest one I had to come up with. I almost went Raiders based on what they did to Pittsburgh last week, but they've got this coach named John Gruden, a.k.a. Chucky. Yeah. And I don't trust Chucky to get it done. So give me the Chiefs. Because they got Mahomes, they got a lot of their players back. The O line will gel eventually, and they'll be back to their Super Bowl winning rhythm here. Yeah, I have to take the Chiefs. So, I mean, uh, there's just no way I can. I mean, Mahomes is the best. They had the game one the other night if they don't hand the ball to the rookie. I can't understand these coaches with a minute left not just giving it to their best player. I know that you're just trying to get creative. Yeah. But, I mean, I got Patrick Mahomes, I got Travis Kelsey. They basically gave it to their 20th best offensive player with a game yeah. on the line. Let's just, you know, and they win field goal range and fumble the ball away. I, you know, it's just to me, give the ball to your best player with a game on the line. And, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, Raiders usually beat the Chiefs. It's kind of weird, even when they're good and the and Chargers good. are good. They I got think, talent. It's just, I just don't trust Chucky. Yep. So we're both going with the Chiefs there, and we'll come back as far as our wild cards. Broncos are two and oh. I mean, do you think they're any good or they just not play? I think it'll catch up with them. You know, Nick Chubb just went on the, you know, having to have surgery. Their defense is solid. Bridgewater, yeah, I hope he does well given everything that he's gone through. But I just don't think they have the staying power to make it. I think the NFC West, AFC West is going to be the two dominant divisions out there. Let's go to the AFC North. Every team's one and one. So, I mean, it's like starting from scratch. All of them. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati are one and one. Pittsburgh's not looked good to me. They shouldn't have won the first week. I think Ben's over the hill. It's time to go home. Baltimore hadn't looked good to me. They should have lost the other night. And I know they're playing Kansas City. Baltimore signed half of y'all's running back core away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the Browns. I know nobody's ever picked the Browns to win anything. I'm going to have to go with the Cleveland Browns to come out of that. You know, Cleveland, too, that defense and that offensive line in Mayfield, I think they'll win it. And the Ravens, I want to pick them, but they've got running game problems. Yeah, they really do. You know, they had the Raiders beat the first game, and these coaches settling for long field goals with 30 seconds left. I just don't understand it. AFC East, you got Buffalo, Miami, and New England are all one and one. The Jets are a terrible 0-2. Uh, I think the Jets have looked the worst of any team so far that I've seen. Miami came out the first week and looked really good, and then Buffalo beat them 40 to nothing. I mean, Miami wasn't even close to And two was hurt. And... Yeah, two was hurt. 
Patriots are starting a rookie, the guy from Alabama. We got a lot of Alabama fans, so they're probably rooting for him. So how do you see the AFC East? Go with the Bills. As much as I despise Belichick, I think they're going to contend. I think they're going to be in the playoff conversation to the very end, but Bills are just a dominant team. I think Josh Allen's time has come, and they've just got a solid, solid roster. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. For this week's Executive Search Spotlight, we're going to talk about Plainview, Hale County, Texas, out in West Texas. We're doing a search for a Director of Economic Development for the Plainview, Hale County area. Plainview is located basically halfway between Lubbock and Amarillo. It's a little bit closer to Lubbock, but it's in that Lubbock-Amarillo market to give you an idea. And they've had good success. They've created over 5,000 jobs in the last 15 years via their economic development efforts. Plainview's a small town of about 22,000 people, but it's close enough to Lubbock. Of course, Lubbock's got Texas Tech University, so you're close enough to there to really have all of those amenities. And as I mentioned, you're not far from Amarillo either. It has Waveland Baptist University, which is a four-year private Christian college with over 3,000 students. And their women's basketball team was actually just inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. This position is going to serve as a primary point of contact for economic development in the city and the county and really market and promote the city and county to industrial manufacturing as well as commercial business prospects. It's also going to oversee the entire economic development program, promote sites, and coordinate the business retention and expansion efforts. Walmart has a distribution center there, and some of the other existing industries include Azteca Milling, Panhandle Popcorn, Casa Rica Tortillas, a lot of food processing. And of course, as you would imagine in West Texas, you've got lots of oil and gas as well. Pioneer, Martin, White Energy, several others uh, from an existing industry standpoint. Plainview is really... It's also a hub for wind energy. So BNSF has a logistics wind turbine distribution center in Plainview, the BNSF Railroad. That's where their wind turbine distribution center is. So it's a huge opportunity for that. Excel Energy, the power company, has a wind project down there. 478 megawatt wind farm with 239 wind turbines that produce enough electricity to power 180,000 homes. Of course, anytime you're talking Texas, you talk no state income taxes, so they have those advantages. This job's going to pay between eighty-five dollars and $110,000 plus competitive benefits. If you're interested in applying, do so by Friday, September 24th at noon. You can apply by sending a resume to Plainview at thenextmovegroup.com or go find the job profile on our website, thenextmovegroup.com backslash plainview-tx. I'm going to take the Bills as well. I think they're clearly the best there. Alex and I have a side bet on whether the Patriots make the playoffs. I bet it they won't. Now, he might have outwitted me because I forgot there was an extra wild card team. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with Mac Jones, and I mean, he's good, but a rookie, I just think there's too many good teams in the AFC. He's going to be good. I think you'll see the Patriots back in the mix in the next year, but I don't think it's enough just yet. All right, and then in the AFC South, Texans are one and one, but they beat Jacksonville. Everybody kind of thought coming to the year the Texans were the worst team, but right now it looks like Jacksonville or the Jets are. Chad, you and I can beat Jacksonville. 
Yeah, I mean, they're. I mean, I hate to don't you think the Urban Meyer will quit any day? I figure he'll. I'm, he'll I'm waiting for him to go to USC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I he, he's going to get a headache in Jacksonville and find his he way. Keep, to the- he did keep his BFF T bow on the roster, so I'd start getting concerned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got Houston's one and one, the Titans are one and one, the Colts are 0 and 2, and the Jags are 0 and 2. So I will take the Colts. I think they played kind of a hard schedule. They could have won the other day. They could have beat Seattle. They go to Tennessee this week. They play the Titans really well. I think at the end of the day, Carson Wentz got hurt the other day, but I'm not sure they're not better without him. Probably the popular picks the Titans, but give me the Colts in this one. All right. I'm taking the Titans, despite the fact that they got the worst receiver in the NFL, my personal opinion, and Julio Jones. I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I think they're stacked. I think they had a bad week one, but that comeback against Seattle, you know, will prove it. And they stay healthy. Derrick Henry, he'll get you that division. He's probably one of the top three players in the league. And that O-line's solid, so they'll be fine. All right. Do you think the Jaguars or the Jets might either one go over? Oh, <laughs> I guess that's a tiebreaker. Do they play each other? That'll be interesting. That, that, uh, I guess they do. That'd be the number one versus number two pick. <laughs> and, you know what, Chad? They may just tie the game because you can still do that in the regular season. The so, Jets have looked awful to me. I mean, they do. Well, I'm glad we got to go fly to London and play them in a few weeks. I'm wondering if those games may get moved back to the U.S. with everything going on. Oh, with yeah, COVID. with all the COVID. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, they've looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, and I will say this to NFL fans. If your team does go to London and you're thinking about it, take the opportunity. I did it a few years ago when the Falcons went, and it was – even though the Falcons lost to Detroit, it was a great experience. You enjoyed that? Yeah, because I'm actually – I got a buddy in St. Louis, and we've been talking about next year going to Wimbledon and mm-hmm. then going to the British Open because this is St. Andrews. And they're, they're only mm-hmm. like a week apart, so you can go to the end of Wimbledon tour around i would kind of like to go up to scotland and tour some of the distilleries see where my family's all from and then go to like a practice round of the british open and fly home it was a very interesting experience see how popular the nfl was in the uk and this was a few years back and it's, it's only gotten bigger so the jags play over there every year do they uh yeah. like is they that their team they root for or they don't care no it you would think that. I mean, a few years back when we went, I think we were playing Detroit that year. And I swear to you, Chad, I saw jerseys for all 32 teams. Yeah. It's a different experience, but it's a fun experience and a way to see it. All right. Well, who are your three wild card teams in the AFC? I give me the Raiders. I already talked about them. I want uh, them I think, too. So that's I think the Ravens have enough to get there. And I'm going to throw one at you, the Chargers. Chargers? I like that quarterback. I like their defense. I like they are on the upward trend, and their quarterback, I think, is good enough to get them there. Talking about quarterbacks, did you know that Sean Payton told everybody he knew what Mahomes was going to be when nobody else knew it? And we were going to draft him. Chiefs were one pick ahead of us. Can you imagine if we went from Drew Brees to Patrick Mahomes? I thank God every day that didn't happen. <laughs> now we got Jameis Weston out here. He's throwing for 88 yards or five interceptions. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I want the Raiders as well. I'm going to take the Steelers instead of the Ravens, even though I think they're down. Tomlin usually figures that once it gets cold up there and the wind's blowing, they'll beat a bunch of people at home for 17 to 14. So he's a hell of a coach. I can see that. He is. Make those my two. And then I'll take the Titans since I'm taking the Colts to win that division. I'll take the Titans to stay close enough 
to get a wild card spot. So I've got the 49ers in the NFC. You got the Rams, didn't you say? Yeah. But then who do you have coming out of the AFC to play in a Super Bowl? Yeah, Buffalo. I think it's their time to get back in there. And I just think they've got the best roster in the division. Buffalo the is good. And they yeah. really had the Steelers beat the first week. Let them off. So uh, I will have to take the Chiefs. Just I know that's a popular pick. Considering I took the 49ers, which ain't a popular pick, I figure I can take one popular one. It's just Mahomes, I just can't hardly bet against him. It's tough. I just want to say, you know, and you want to think if it's a cold weather game for that final, you know, but Kansas City gets cold in the winter. Well, and Buffalo had them. I mean, they played them last year tough. And, uh, I mean, the thing about the Chiefs is, as good as they've been, and, we, you know, every playoff game is close. I mean, two mm-hmm. years ago, every playoff, you know, they got behind every game and come back one. Last year, every game was close, and then they ended up, remember, there was like a fourth down in their own end. They went far. If they hadn't got it, they'd have lost. So, I mean, as yeah. good as they've been, they've been a play away from losing every one of those games. Yeah, and I honestly thought they were going to beat Tampa last year. Yeah, yeah they had oh, that they made a deal with again. Yeah, they had to. All right, so then uh, who's your pick to win? So you got Buffalo and the Rams. I got Chiefs in 49. Yeah, so it's like I went back two years, and it's like I forgot COVID ever happened. I went back to the <laughs> I think we all wish that. <laughs> I got the Bills winning it all this year. So Bills uh, winning it all. All right, yeah. I'll take the 49ers just because the Chiefs is too easy, and I never like the easy. So, uh, yeah. Which is funny, 49ers and Bills, isn't that Chris Berman's every year uh, for 50 No years? one circles wagon. Yeah, and I didn't want to quote him because he was always harsh on Atlanta on the Braves, so I'm not his biggest fan. But, yeah, I'm just going to warn you, Chad, you're putting trust in the Kyle Shanahan. I'm just – I'm from experience. Last year they were so beat up. And, uh, they were. They were. Of course, the year that they went, I mean, we were a play away from beating them to get home field, which would have changed everything. But, yeah, you're. I mean, I don't trust Shanahan. I think Garoppolo's better than people give him credit. He took a bad rap in that Super Bowl. Yeah. I think he's better than people give him credit for. And I just think playing in that division, they're going to have so many hard games. If they're not beat up, they're going to – it kind of prepares you for those playoffs where it's going to be tough. So, all right, final thoughts then. What will be the Falcons' final records? So I'm saying the Saints will be 10-7 and seven or 9-8. and eight. What are you thinking? Oh, five and 12. I'm going to be five and 12. as much as I hate to say it. And the thing is, I think their next three, they should win them all. It wouldn't blow my mind if they win their next three, but we got a lot of tough ones coming up on the back end of the schedule. We played Buffalo. We played New England again on a Thursday night. We'll play, you know, we just, we're in a rebuild as much as we don't want to admit it. We're in it. All right. Well, at least you admit it now. So at least you know. I think I freely uh, admit it and uh, watch us make the playoffs and <laughs> draft them. Well, the worst place you can be in the NFL, and I've heard Bobby Abear say this down here on the radio a lot. Like the worst place you can be is eight and eight. Yeah. Then you don't make the playoffs and you don't get a good draft pick. So he's always said, I'd rather go three and 12 or 13 and like don't be in the middle and see that when we had Jim Haslett, if you remember. Saints every year were like eight. We were never just terrible. We were eight and eight, mm-hmm. nine and seven, but we never could accomplish anything. Then actually the Katrina year, we went like two and 14 or something. And then we drafted Reggie Bush. We got Drew Brees and then next year we're back. I'm not sure that you don't need a really bad year once in a while. We could use one, but we do miss Bobby Bear. He came here and played in Atlanta, got us to the playoffs one year. Used to be the sports talk host over here in uh, Atlanta for a few years. 
always enjoyed him. Even though he, he beat uh, the Saints, everybody remembers he did. The one time we played it. One more reminder to go. Just get one last jab in. Falcons and Aints. One time they played in the playoffs. A Bear and Prime Time went to work. They did, and that was in New Orleans. And it uh, was. Yeah, that was. I had the Dome Patrol back then, and some uh, Georgia Tech guys, and Mr. Pat Swillen back in the day. We did. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, our better days are ahead. But remember, we won our Super Bowl, so you can't ever. <laughs> So for everybody listening, uh, you just buzz us on Falcons Aints Weeks if you want screenshots of the text chain. We'll visit after the season and see who picked the best. We'll have a little wrap up. We'll take a picture and post it on uh, who gets bragging rights, but I will not wear a fleur de lis. All right. Well, that's any conditions. I don't bet my heart. <laughs> oh, that's why he wasn't worried about the bourbon. He was worried about the jersey. So you damn right. <laughs> Excuse my language, but all right. All right. Have a good one. Appreciate it. All right. Good talk to you, Chad. We'll see you soon. Everybody stay safe. And we're still having our thoughts for all you and your neighbors over there in Louisiana. All right. Who that? Rise up. <laughs>